Hey friends, we are back with another podcast episode. I'm really pumped about this one because I actually think that it really encompasses where I am at in life and some things that I think really helped me get to the next stages of what I'm going to talk about. So I hope that everyone's having a good start to your week and that your Monday is going well. I know that Monday sometimes can be the hardest days to get motivated, but studies have found, and I have read up on this, that if you can get through your Monday with a glass of wine, (laughs) I'm just kidding, I have not read up on any studies, but I do find a glass of wine helps any day of the week. But I always find that if you can get through your Monday and you're in a good mood and you try to be as positive as possible, then the rest of your week will unfold hopefully in a good light and it just helps get you ready for the week ahead. So that's why I always try to make sure that these come out on Monday so that it can help everybody get into a positive mindset to tackle the to tackle everything that is going to come at them during the week. Really just getting into it, I have had an overwhelming stressful I would say the past uh, three weeks to a month for those that are friends of mine and listening to this then you'll know that I have been on the job hunt for probably I'd say about a month and a half but I really started getting into it about a month ago I am on a contract right now I no longer have a job which means I no longer have income which means I can't shop or save or do anything so I was having a bit of an anxiety attack because who doesn't need a job. Everyone needs a job and everyone needs a job. And I just kind of left it till the last minute. I'm like, oh, I'll find something. And then all of a sudden I just got this stressful feeling of, holy shit, I'm, there's a potential that I won't get a job. I like to think I have good background, but you never know. There's so many applicants for every job out there nowadays, which can be overwhelming in its own light. But just to think about it, the amount of jobs I probably applied to is over 200, 250 probably at this point. And I've only just started getting callbacks. So for those of you who are also in the same boat, keep at it, keep applying. You will hear back. Something will come and I'm keeping my fingers crossed that something will come my way since I've been on a few job interviews and had a few calls. So I just want to put it out there that the current job that I have has been great. I work with some amazing people. I have a great portfolio that I work on and I love it. But unfortunately, there just doesn't seem to be anything that I can jump to that's in my field right now. Nothing is opening up, which is okay. I signed the contract. I'm actually covering a mat leave. I signed it knowing that that was a potential and it just kind of seems to be the way that it's going to net out at the end of it. And that's okay. That means that there is time for change, which as much as I hate, change is always good. It really keeps you on your toes, keeps you motivated, keeps you in check. I think a lot of times we can settle into something and get almost very passive about where we are in life. And I always think it's good to challenge yourself and to take on new challenges and really be the best you can, especially in your career. That's where we want to grow the most. If you're trying to become a manager or say you're starting as a coordinator somewhere and you want to be a specialist or um, an assistant manager or manager, you always have to make those steps and you have to work hard, obviously, and keep building your portfolio until you gain the right experience that you can eventually get those jobs and land those jobs. So that really brings me into today's episode, which is all about how to kick ass at your interviews, how to get those interviews, and just some tips and different question ideas that you can ask in an interview setting that will help keep you looking like the best candidate and to set you apart from everybody else. Because in today's day and age, there's just so many people applying to the same job that you have to set yourself apart and do that in a way that's authentic 
professional, and noticeable. You really do want to stand out amongst all of the other people that could have very similar resumes to you. And I think that's probably one of the biggest things is being authentic as well. You don't want to make put a facade on. You don't want to be somebody you're not because if they hire you and you aren't what you said you were or you know, you kind of fibbed a bit about some of your experience, you're going to be put on the spot and you better be able to swim and not sink. To start today's podcast off, obviously, you all know I love my quotes. So I found one that I thought was really timely for where I'm at in life and for those who might be in the same boat as me. And it goes, it doesn't matter where you are, you're nowhere compared to where you can go. Depending on if your situation is like mine and you're in a contract and it's ending and you don't have a job lined up, you are going to find something, you're going to work hard, and it could be better than what you expected, or it could be better than the situation you're in. Or if you're in a a crappy job and you're hating it and you just don't feel like you can leave, you don't feel like that you can leave, or you're in an uncomfortable situation with a boss that you don't like or you don't get along, it doesn't matter. Take a deep breath, take a step back, and look at all of the available options that you have to yourself and think, Is this really worth it? What can I do proactively to get myself to where I want to be from where I am? And when you get there, it could be better than the situation that you are in. For my Canadian friends out there, a couple of the websites that I used to really put my resume out there and get it was Indeed and LinkedIn. And I don't know if anybody is familiar, but I was not familiar, even though a lot of people have told me that they knew about this. LinkedIn has easy apply. So you can upload your resume which you have to make sure has all of the certain keywords that a job or in the profession that you're looking for is going to pick up. Those are really important because in today's day, a lot of companies use software that will pick out keywords that make your resume stand out. So really it has nothing to do yet with your personality, with you as a person, with how you do in a job interview, if you offer something, if your resume isn't picking up those keywords or sorry, if that software is not picking up those keywords, you're not gonna get called by a recruiter to come in for an interview. And realistically, that's what you want. Another piece of advice I could give you is that you don't wanna inundate somebody with too much information. I recently had an interview with somebody and they told me that one of the things that they can't stand is when a resume is just packed to the brim with information. If you're lucky enough to get a in-person interview, then you can go into detail about all the experience you have, but you wanna make sure that what you're putting on your resume is the most important up-to-date factual information that will really hit home and make them want to call you for that second interview. Spelling. You want to make sure your spelling is right. Check, 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 and check it again. I'm a huge fan of Grammarly. I pay, I think, like $34, $35 a month. It seems like a lot, but it is the best editing software I have ever used in my entire life. I used it to write my book. I use it for all of my work emails. I use it to help with my resume. It it catches things that you wouldn't really think of and it catches ways that you could word your phrases in a, in a more uh, professional and educated sound and w- sounding way. It makes sure that all your commas are in the right spot. It makes sure that you're not messing stupid things up like I did a few years ago. So funny enough, um, I misspelled competencies on my resume and didn't realize until I probably had applied to maybe 65 jobs. So I can guarantee, I don't remember, that was probably like two years, a year and a half ago at this point, I did manage to get a job, so they must have just missed it. But man, I was embarrassed. That was probably one of the most just gut-wrenching feelings when I was in the interview holding my resume, looking at the sheet, 
going, that that looks really strange. Why is competencies, that, that doesn't look like how you spell it. Like, holy shit. Way to not look competent, Chelsea. So needless to say, I made sure that I put through my resume into Grammarly. I've checked everything, triple checked, made sure that I have no grammatical errors because there's nothing that looks worse than bad grammar. It's so cringy. It's so bad. So just please triple check for you and for me and then make sure that whatever resume and cover letter you're putting out there is the best that you can. And moving right on to cover letters, those are just as important. Yes, you are selling yourself. And I find that not a lot of people do cover letters anymore. And realistically, sometimes you don't have to. In When I was applying to Indeed, a lot of the jobs didn't require you to put a cover letter, but you could put a message to the sender, or sometimes you could click another button, say add additional documents. I tried to add a cover letter, cover letter every time that I applied to a job. Like I said before, there are so many people applying to the same job. You need to do things that are gonna set, going to set you apart. And I felt that if I could make my cover letter work in a way that really showed them why I was interested in what my background could deliver to them, how what I've experienced and my knowledge could help with their team and could help um, in their working environment, I had to make sure that I put that in there and I had to make sure that someone was reading it. So do with that as you want. I don't think that it's necessary, but for me, I thought it was uh, necessary to set myself apart. A lot of times you don't have to, but like I said, if you really want to stand out, I do think that you should edit your cover letter every single time. Make sure that you are writing to the specific person that you need to. If it's human resources, you address it to human resources. If you have an address or a person, make sure that you edit that out. Make sure your dates are correct. Because a lot of times people will just keep adding day after day like a cover letter and then you're not noticing that you're forgetting to update the date or forgetting to put the name of the company in the cover letter so that it doesn't doesn't just look like a generic piece of or a generic document that you're just sending to everybody because that just looks like you're being lazy my next piece of advice is that say you did it you have gotten a call from a recruiter and luckily for me i've gotten a few calls so I've really had to dust the rust off or scrape the rust off um, all of the interview questions that you completely forget are going to be asked and going over your background and making sure that you know and know how to make yourself the best candidate. So I remember when I had my first one a couple weeks ago, I was so nervous, didn't know what they were going to ask me because you sort of start to undervalue yourself when you're working in the same place for so long and you forget all the knowledge that you've been um, you've been gaining throughout the time that you're at a company and sometimes you get in your head and you think what makes me different than than the next person over there what makes me better how do I differentiate myself from the 285 other applicants but try not to think about that and know it's really hard I do it to myself but if you try to push that out of your mind and just think of the experiences that you've had at your job and how you can bring that to your next position and how that could help them you have to make sure that you can reiterate that in a professional way that makes them want to choose you next to the person next to you a few questions that i haven't really been asked yet that i was asked in this general line of questioning was why i've left companies when i've done when i have so i've worked for three different large-scale companies and my first job i stayed at for three and a bit years and then my second job i didn't really love I that's a whole other story <laughs> didn't love the culture it just wasn't for me I only stayed there for 10 months and then my next job because it was a mat leave I was there for 14 months 
So someone's going to see that and wonder why I've left jobs and why I've moved around so much. So you have to have an answer for them that isn't I just was bored and wanted to leave. You need to make sure that what you're saying is obviously truthful and spin it in a way that doesn't make it appear that you're just going to get this job and then leave in six months. Even if that is what you want to do, I have no idea. For me, I'm looking to grow within a company. So whether or not I enjoy it once I get it, you need to make sure that you reiterate that to them so that they're aware that you're here to learn, develop, grow, all that good stuff so that you can in turn move your career to the next level. Now with saying that, we can move on to the fact that you got that job interview. You got that call that they want to have you in, you did your phone interview, you had the very basic 15 minutes of why'd you leave, what'd you like from the company, what can you bring, what's your background from the recruiter, and then they've liked you, they've sent your stuff, your resume off to the hiring manager, and they're ready to have you in to actually sit with somebody and and chat about the roles to see if you're a good fit and if you like the culture, the environment, the office setting, all of that good stuff. So a few things that have always helped me is I find that a firm handshake is always such a good way to start any interview. You want to seem like you are not too assertive, but assertive enough that you're confident in yourself, you're confident in your abilities. So I always shake somebody's hand with that kind of assertiveness and confidence that isn't a wet fish. I always say you can't trust anyone who shakes your hand like it's a wet fish. You just can't. It is weird. Have some eye contact. Don't look at the floor. Look straight at the person, smile, make sure that you are on your, make sure that you smile your biggest smile, shake their hand and tell them how happy you are for the opportunity and you thank them for having you in. When you get down to the nitty gritty, this is where you get to sell yourself. These are the important things in an interview that really set you apart. You want to practice beforehand and you want to make sure that you go over different questions they could ask you. What are your biggest weaknesses? What do you bring to the team? What are things that make you somebody that would fit well with our culture? I think those are some good ones that I've been asked. What are you looking for in a job is a big one. And a lot of times they want somebody who wants to grow with them and is looking to move to a company and learn and be guided and bring something to the table that sets them apart. And the knowledge that you've had from previous jobs always is a nice enticement or enticement. Is that even a word? (laughs) It's just enticing to a new company. It's a knowledge that you've had that you can bring and you can hopefully help help with them. And you can use everything you've learned to propel the next position that you're in and do a really good job. The next thing I can say about when you're in the interview process, I always try to develop some sort of connection with the interviewer or whoever's interviewing me. If it's two people or one, whether it's if you went to the same school, whether or not you like, you have a dog, you have pets, you both like to run, what are your outside hobbies? I think those are important questions that can come up or you can kind of create some sort of connection that makes them remember you. If you can set yourself apart in any way um, so that it's not always super professional and you get to actually have a conversation about you know, their life and your life and and what are the things that you pride yourself on. And if you can find that sort of balance between the two and you two can can connect on that, it always helps. It really does. And I think most of my interviews, I've found something with the interviewer that we got to speak about for longer. And I just had an interview that went on for two hours. So I hope that that helped me and it set me apart from, say, the next person that's going to come in the next day for an interview. 
Next thing you're gonna wanna do is just research the crap out of the company and show them that you know who they are, what their core values are, what their strengths are, where maybe you even think that they could improve. Those are important things, not in a negative way, but if you can come in, explain, it depends on what role, obviously, that you are going for, but if you can come in with ideas, it shows that you've been doing your research and that you really are interested in the role and you're interested in what you get to do in the role instead of just, this is just another interview because I need a paycheck. My biggest thing, get there early and get ready ahead of time. Have your outfit picked out the night before, have everything you need ready to go and make sure you are there early. My biggest thing is I always try to go in 10 minutes early, let the person at the front desk know that I'm here and always say, oh, I know I'm early. Thank you so much. I'll just sit and wait. No problem. They always ping the interviewer. Let them know you're here. They normally won't come down early. They'll wait till whatever time it is, but it shows that you are excited you're on time, you're punctual, and you're taking the job interview serious. Those are just some big life lessons that I've learned because um, I'm not always the earliest person. I'm pretty much always late, but in a situation like this where you're really trying to be on your best behavior and show everybody that you, know, you, you mean business and you want this job, be early. Just trust me on this one, you guys. And just try to stay calm. Keep your nerves down. Maybe not. don't have a coffee that morning or maybe have a coffee if you need it, if it helps chill your nerves. I don't know. For me, I was so nervous for my first in-person interview. I hadn't had one in over a year and a half and I was in the car. I'd gotten there like 25, 30 minutes early and I had to sit in the car for 15 minutes to just kind of like work myself down. I put some music on. If anyone has heard the new Ed Sheeran CD, number six collaborations project, amazing. So I just put that on kind of let myself chill, called my mom, got some mom advice, and then I went in, put my blazer on, made sure I was ready for it, and then I, I put my game face on, even if you have to fake it. You got to just go in, you got to do it, and you got to be like, I'm the best, and they are going to hire me, and keep that positive mindset going, because you can manifest anything. Finishing up with this, I think the biggest, biggest thing that has helped me land every job that I've had is a follow-up after the interview. This is huge. You can leave an interview and do an amazing job and connect with the interviewer and walk away thinking you nailed the job. Sorry, don't mind my dogs in the background playing and barking. If you don't send a follow-up to say thank you for putting the effort into showing up for the interview and thank you for giving me the opportunity to show you what I can offer, then you just are going to be replaced. Like you aren't gonna be memorable. You need to make sure that that follow-up is thanking them, making sure that they realize that this was a great experience. It was, you are very interested in the job and that you want to work on the team. So I think I just sent a recent one because I am very interested in the job and I just told them that I think that I'd be a great, I thank you for the opportunity and I think I would be a great candidate for the role um, and I'd be a great addition to an already talented team. Those are just some important and nice follow-ups that you can do to set yourself apart and it always makes someone feel nice when they see that in their inbox and it does really, really help set you apart. I wanted to quickly go over a few things that you should try to avoid. Since I did go over the tips, I'd like to go over the absolute and positively no-nos in a job interview. Don't take your phone out. Turn it on silent, leave it in the car, put it somewhere else, do not have it on you. We are, as millennials, 
already have a bad rep. They think people, not they, people think we can't go a minute without being on our phones, that we are lazy, that we're not on time. So for the love of God, just keep your phone somewhere that is not on you. Or if it is on you, turn that thing on silent. And that goes into never being late. Don't be late. I already told you that you want to be early. Just do it for, for your own sake. Not knowing anything about the company, I already mentioned that you should do your research. It's extremely important because it shows that you are interested. If you get caught knowing absolutely nothing about the company, it's going to embarrass you. I promise you that. This is a huge thing. Don't fuzzy up your resume. I know sometimes it's easy to go on Google and try and make something that you've done in the past sound way better by adding a few words and adding a few different tasks that you may not have done, but you could easily fuzzy up. But if you get caught in an interview situation and someone's asking you about that, if unless you're an amazing actor or a good liar, it's going to be really hard to wiggle your way out of that and it's going to make you look unreliable and just not like a good candidate. Another thing that you want to do is avoid talking too much. That's hard for me because I really, really, really like to talk. Obviously, hello, I have a podcast, but, but you want to let the interviewer have their time with you and give them that time so that you're not overstepping, over-talking, kind of letting them lead a little bit so that you show that you can take guidance well and that you can let somebody else take charge and you can listen. I think listening and paying attention are some big keys in making yourself look like a great candidate. And finally, you never want to badmouth past employers. You don't want to badmouth anything really, but I think there are ways if you've had a bad experience to turn that into something positive. Go figure, I'm the one saying this. But if, for instance, I had a culture that, a work environment culture that I did not like and I really was left with a bad taste in my mouth, I left there. Now, when I speak about why I left that job and... I do have to say the culture wasn't for me, but then you kind of have to spin it and tell them what you learned from that. So in doing that, I say I've learned that I like a certain ethical culture and work environment that is suited for myself and what I'm looking for. And unfortunately, in that aspect, it wasn't that, but I learned a lot about myself and I learned what I don't want and what I do want. So I'm grateful for the opportunity that I had and I'm grateful for the learning experience. See, ah, uh, voila, that is what you want to do. You want to turn something that was negative into a positive and show that it was a growing experience and a learning experience. Well, friends, I want to wrap this up, but I'm going to leave you with my last little piece of advice. When you're sitting there and they ask you, do you have any questions for me? Do not say no. There's always room to ask a question. A lot of people don't, and this is what's going to help you. So I've outlined, thanks to my friend Natasha, who sent me a few of these, impressive questions to ask a interviewer. One, can you describe a typical day in this type of role? I think that's a really good one because you want to know for your own benefit what you're going to be doing every day and if this is a role that you are interested in, because sometimes what they're posting on a job site might be different than when you actually get into your cubicle and you actually have to work on projects. Number two, how long have you been at the company and what makes you stay at the company? These are great questions because if somebody is really passionate about the company as a whole, that's gonna rub off and it's gonna make you know whether or not you want to actually say yes to an offer or if this just really isn't a place for you. Number three, how would you describe the work environment and corporate culture? For me, that's a huge question because like I said before, I've had 
corporate cultures that I really didn't like. So I think that's a great question to ask because we're going into a time, a very agile work environment, a very um, work from home, work-life balance is very important for me. So those are just different things that will tell me if this is the right kind of uh, role and if I want to accept it. Another important one, how would my performance be measured? This is a great question because you wanna know what to expect when you get into the role, if you have bonuses that are attached to it, if you are gonna have yearly sit downs with your boss and it's just interesting and good knowledge to know before you step into a role. What type of career opportunities may open up down the road for a person starting out in this type of position, assuming they perform well? This is a great question to know. These just are all interesting, informative questions that you can ask to find out if this is really a company you want to work for and if you see the growth potential that you want in a company. All right, guys, that was it. I just wanted to leave you with a few questions that you can ask in your job interview, and I'm hoping you all the best of luck in your endeavors and trying to find something that works for your lifestyle because God knows it's hard. So like I say in every podcast episode, take a minute and congratulate yourself for a great week you're about to start a new week i'm recording this on a sunday so i'm about to go jump in the pool and just kind of take the weekend off of me and get ready for monday start my week i've got an exciting one it's going to be busy and i just wanted to tell myself that i'm proud i'm proud of myself for getting back out there doing my first in-person job interview and doing the best i can with what i've been given So that's what I'm proud of myself. And when I end this, I hope you turn it off and you tell yourself something that you're proud of yourself for. So like I say always, stay positive and I will uh, talk to you guys next week. Bye.